Greetings, this is uh, Christopher Otwell. This will be recorded as episode number 42, I believe. It's today is actually the 20th of December. I'm recording it probably about four days before, might be five days before it get posted. Reason being is something triggered my interest. Over the last several weeks, I've been following the mannequin, blueback mannequin forums, in which I, I posted my initial results that I had at States at. And I've been following the threads there, and it's been going on page after page after page. People talking about how to make it better, things they want to change, things they want to try. Ideas have come up like Mindstone or Cryptic Command, uh, Deserts because of fairy matchups. People, how much they believe in or are against the idea of Blink being added to the deck, or which is actually a really bad idea if you really think about it, because it destroys the mana base in order to make Blink work. People have talked about the benefits of for and against Warhammer, Cryptic Command. They go back to some results of, of Worlds where one guy went four and one with it, and the other person who made top eight with it. Uh, the amount, numbers of damnations in there, how useful mouth runs really are. So, anyways, I figured I was time to, to air out a few opinions about it. Yes, I placed second in Colorado with Mannequin, Blueback Mannequin. No. I do not claim my deck was all that optimal. In fact, I know it had, as I played that tournament, I made at least one critical design mistake going into that tournament solely because I didn't have enough evidence to back up what I thought I should know at the time. Well, as time has progressed, we've learned more and more and more. Um, I've played at least several hundred games now in tournaments, both online and in real life now. Well, not in real life, not tournaments anyways. I've played probably over 100 games now in real life. Probably 200 online and Magic Online, 8 main Qs and PEs with it. I've tweaked the deck over time. Things I've added is I've gone as high as 3 Profanes at times. I've dropped it down to 0 Profanes at times. I've gone up to 3 Vencers, which I think is optimal in this deck now. I've well, Along with Cloudscapes and no Cloudscapes at all. I, uh, there's a few things in there I think is necessary. Is like, well, I've, my original deck list had 24 land. I've tried 25 land. I've tried 26 land. I think 25 land is perfect in this deck, especially because of how often you go, all right, turn three, drop Shadow Mage Infiltrator or Evoke out Muldrifter to get a couple cards, and you just draw into the lane and you keep going going. Rarely do I ever feel mana shorted in the first, like, six, seven turns of the game. I can pretty much get to the point where I can do about anything I want to with four mana around turn seven, at the latest. And usually at that point, I'm, I'm okay anyway because there's enough two drops and three drops in that deck that really you'll get you'll get four turn drop like almost every bit, fourth or fifth turn of the game you'll have a, a four land drop, especially if you book on Moldrifter. I've gone from the idea that Bottle Nose was necessary to switching over to an idea that Gavin had, which was the tendrils. Of corruption package. In the end, I swear by the tendrils of corruption package out of the sideboard. Nobody ever sees it coming. It completely wrecks several matchups and swings so many games around that from being in a dangerous position to a very ha- happy position, especially against green black and or uh, fairies, black blue fairies, or green black fairies for that matter. I mean green blue fairies, um, but mostly green black rock. Now, over the past week and a half, I've been playing several eight mans. I profited roughly, I'm accurate in my thinking, I profited 32 tickets after expenses. 
cut out uh, in, over the past week in eight mans, playing the following version of the deck. Four Damnation, four Epocrisite, three Fairy Conclave, four Makeshift Mataquin, four Mouth of Ronin, four Muldrifter, four Phyrexian Ironfoot, four River of Tears, four Shadow Mage Infiltrators, four Shriek Maws, four Ancestral Visions, which I'll get to back to in a moment, three Snow-Covered Island, three Snow-Covered Swamp, four Underground River, three Erdborg Tomb of Yawgmoth, one Urza's Factory, and three Venser Shapeshifters. With the sideboard of four Dune Rider Outlaws, two Loxanon Warhammers, two Fisting Needles, four Rune Snags, and three Tendrils of Corruption. Now, the most obvious difference between modern versions people were running and what mine is, is A, I'm not attempting to splash any permission or manic cell in the main deck. I don't think the mine stones are really necessary unless you feel like you're going to run into a lot of cases where you're going to be facing now red, green goblins and or black, blue fairies and therefore you want a third turn damnation. I don't see the lot online. I don't think it's necessary overall. I have seen the need for it at times in real life, but in the end I'm just happier not having mind stones in the main deck. I'd rather have the four damnations to draw, because really if you're going to run the mind stones and you're not running all the damnations, what good is that Menexel really going to do for you? I don't know. And there's enough two drops or three drops in the deck, you're really not going to use mind stone that early. Some people have talked about, now, Ancestral Vision. The reason I went to Ancestral Vision because I wanted to try it out an experiment for a little while. I wanted to see how good that deck, that card really is in a blue-black Manicwin deck. It shows up in all the other blinked lists. It shows up in all of the other pickles lists. Many of the black-blue control lists have it. But could it be used in black-blue Manicwin? The idea of Manicwin is to, is to race you with card advantage and get to the point where I one-for-one one, one you enough and then two-for-one you enough that I just bury you in card advantage, then come up with something devastating and win the game with it. Also why Warhammer is used a lot. <laughs> Alright, I just had a Carl who used to post a podcast page me and mention online. With the the Ancestral Visions, it was at times awesome to have, especially against control decks. Against aggro decks, yeah, I made a few people have to concede because I just buried them card advantage and recovered from. Especially when I was playing against a discard deck, but in the end, there was just too many matches where I kept looking at it, and it was the weakest card to keep in the deck. So I kept cutting it, time after time after time. I just kept cutting it too many matches. So in the end, I decided to change it back out, drop the four Ancestral Visions main deck yesterday. I went back to having two Loxon Warhammers and two Profane Commands back in the main board. Everything else was pretty much the same. I still think this main deck is darn near perfect. Um, sideboard. Uh, is now four Droon, Droon Rider Outlaws, two Pithy Needles, three Tendrils of Corruption, four Rune Snags, and two Trick Binds. The reason for the Splash Permission is against, like, Blue-Black Fairies, which has a tendency to use enough permission of its own, and that was a big long pause right there, because I got distracted by Crazy Carl from MGG Logic Podcast that existed last year, paged me about some details and maybe the possibility of getting his podcast up and running again and other questions about it. Um, some possibilities. We'll see what, hap- what pans out with that. would be nice to have him in there, too, in the network. And then, in the process of me talking to him on IM for a few minutes, uh, my members of my playtest group started showing up the house, so I never really got back to where I was at. Now, fast forward four and a half hours later, I was talking about the, the mannequin deck. Down some more wine here. Uh, 
And if I remember correctly, I was arguing why what Ancestral Visions does for this deck. Now, I've been trying it out main deck. I've, I've been cyborging it out in several matches because it seems like it's a weakness card in several of the matches. I'm not so sure still if it's good inclusion or a bad inclusion in the deck. Other options people are using are like Mindstone for mana ramping, Cloudscape, uh, Riftwing Cloudscape for tempo and or flying beatdown, Profanes for more removal slash reanimation, Damnations for removal slash board control, Cryptic Command for permission slash board control, Rune Snag for splash permission tempo, and I'm not sure one way or the other which is really the best way to go in any of those situations. I've tried the Cloudscape for a long time. I kind of come to the conclusion that I think three Vencers is probably enough for tempo, and it's probably adequate slash for uh, adequate for splash permission of sorts. And you kind of sometimes want the extra bounce for Mannequin, sometimes you don't. It's not that big of a deal in my opinion, either way. But then you have Ancestral Visions. The idea being is you, you're not doing anything in the first turn. Around turn four, you're going to be casting your stuff, typically. And you, it helps you empty your cards out for a few things, get a few blockers out there, stabilize the board, and it helps you recover a little faster. Now, I've been trying it out because I know others, like, like the Blink decks, use it a lot. Pickles used it a lot to refill your hand after you get through the first five to six turns. It's got potential in this deck, but I'm still not sold that it's the right thing because I end up sideboarding out because it seems so weak in so many aggro matchups. So maybe it's not the best option there, which kind of brings me back to, well, I probably want put to put the Loxanons back in the main deck because that's one of the slots it took up. So I, I so I pulled them back out, put back in two Loxanons and put back in two Profanes, still running with zero Cloudscape for tempo, and it seems to work out all right. Now, and you can argue that the tempo is good against control decks, it's good against aggro decks, so you could be there, but it's also sometimes just a clunky creature at five mana. That isn't that isn't fast enough or good enough or cheap enough, which is why I've never been really fond of that creature. I like Vencer so much better than I do Cloudscape because it's an instant creature as opposed to, you know, something you have to suspend into play. Which is the thing is why I've not been making as much use of it as I could have. Now let me go down to the to some of the, the options I think are absolutely necessary. Every good Maniquid deck is now running Damnations. I think a four-pack of Damnations is absolutely necessary in this deck because you want the card advantage. You want the one for mini. You're gonna, because you're putting creatures to the board against another creature deck, and your creatures have bigger toughness, or fly, or draw cards, or other neat tricks. You're basically forcing them to have to overcommit to the board in order to keep advantage on you as long as you don't start chump blocking them in mass. And because of, that, because of that forcing of your opponent to overcommit to the board, Damnation comes in and just completely wrecks house. And I believe that it probably makes a lot of sense. I think, I think every, every Manicle deck really requires to have four Damnations. I've seen lists with two. I've seen lists with three. I've seen lists with, with four. I've come to the conclusion after as many games as I've played that four Damnations don't leave home without them. Hypocrisites. There's a lot of debate now on the MTG Salvation boards about the value of Apocrysite. Some people are replacing it with Rune Stags. Some people are just outright dropping it for Cryptic Command slash Nameless Inversions. Some for, for, for Profane Commands. Some just don't think it's a good card. Some things it's an absolute must-have. I've come to the conclusion that I really like Apocrysite. I always have since Future Sight was released. 
it was actually probably my, my favorite card in Future Side right off the bat. And in the end, Pocrisite's an absolute beating versus any deck, be it control or aggro. All you have to do is stabilize the board early, he becomes out, you use him for jump blocking, you stabilize the board, now he's a now he's a freaking wall that can't be can't be climbed by aggro decks. Play him against control decks, they eventually force to wrath the wrath wrath the god of the board, or you do it yourself when they put something out there. He comes back and he's a problem. People are having to force sideboard cards of Riftwing or Riftwing um, sweepers to, to deal with them. People are forced to have the sideboard Apocris, uh, ex, um, extirpates to have to deal with them. In the end, Apocrisite's probably the second or third best creature in this deck in the end. It's just that freaking good. I would say the only two creatures that are better than Apocrisite are Venser and Moldrifter. And you can make an argument for Shadow Mage, but Shadow Mage dies to, to too many things. It gets targeted by too many things. In the end, people just hate to deal with Apocrisite more than they hate to deal with Shadow Mage. They're more comfortable dealing with the Shadow Mage than they are Apocrisite because of the fact it comes back and is annoying when it is. So I think Apocrisite, Venser, and Moldrifter are the three must-have creatures in the deck of four of After that, you're talking about the next set of creatures, which are Trick Maws. Yeah, four. You want four Trick Maws for sure. You could get away sideboarding down to three in some matchups, which is fine. You don't ever want to go below three for the main deck because you never know what you might need. So, yeah, you could drop that. You, you sick the four, the four uh, Shriek Maws, which ironically considered the best creature in Lorwyn, although in this deck, Muldrifter is a better creature than Shriek Maw in most cases. You still, I still like Shadow Mage Infiltrator. I still like to run four. I'm not one of those people who would go down to three or less or drop them all together. Um, I also like Ironfoot because it's really good against aggro decks and he drops for cheap. And there's enough snowman in this deck to keep him untapped and happy. And actually, last week I played in a, a match in a PE where my opponent had down Troll Aesthetic and Lockdown Warhammer in like the first four turns. He equipped the Troll Aesthetic, kept enough mana to always be able to regenerate him. And I had gone through via Muldrifters, Shadow Mages, and Mannequins, and Ironfoots. And reanimate my Ironfoots with, with mannequins, blah 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 blah, over and over and over. I ended up drawing the guy out three to one in the deck. He went through about 20 cards when I finally killed him with about 15 cards up to my deck. He had about only used drew about 20 total of his cards, and I went through about all but 15 to my deck at that point. Every turn he had a single warhammer, a single troll swinging in for life. He got up to 40 some life before I was able to finally stabilize. And the reason I was able to stabilize is because I kept throwing enough big toughness guys in the way of Ironfoot and Apocrisite in the way, plus one other creature that he couldn't kill both of because the six damage not enough was not enough to kill both blockers. So he could never trample enough through for, for lethal, but he kept that and allowed him to keep getting alive. But over and over and over, I eventually wore him out and just flooded the board with so many other threats and creatures and, and multiple blockers every turn from Grim Harvest slash uh, evoked Muldrifters slash reanimation of Ironfoots that I beat him, basically. And it was one of those, took me 20 minutes to do it online, but in the end, I beat him in that game, and that's a game that most people look at and say, how the hell did you win that game? Because I was in such a bad position early on, but I didn't give up, and I just kept making sure I had enough blockers that made him have to regenerate without actually losing more than one creature a turn with it. That gets us down to the mana base. I'm pretty happy with 25. 
Every time I played 26, I kept feeling I get mana flooded over and over and over. Every time I played 24, sometimes it pans out. Sometimes I get slightly mana screwed or mana light early game and then lose to, like, a fairies deck or a goblin deck. I know when I won the, or when I took second place at Colorado State, I did run 24 land. In retrospect, it should have been 25 land. I got lucky pretty much with very little mana problems until the finals match in which case I got color screwed in the finals. Um, part of that 25 land, I've now gone to three Urgborgs. And the reason I'm using Urgborg is because I like Tendrils of, Tendrils of Corruption from the sideboard far better than any other idea like Bottle Gnomes um, and even sometimes Loxodons. The, the, the ability to get a Tendrils in the right position and, and be able to drop it on either a Doran or a Hypnotic or another Iron Foot or something against your opponent for... 6 to 10 damage to gain you 6 to 10 life can be absolutely backbreaking in certain matchups. It can also completely swing around the game where they're now on the defensive because not only you have taken a removal to remove one of their blockers, but they're now defensive because of the life swings. They can no longer race you as effectively as they did before. Bottle Gnomes, which was the original idea in the sideboard, just doesn't pan out. They just don't do enough. They're cute with Grim Harvest. Yeah, you can do the Dancing Gnomes. Yeah, it looks cute. Yeah, you know, insert blah, blah, blah here. In the end, they just didn't do enough. They didn't, they didn't help you actually turn around the matches where, where the life gains what you wanted in that last match. Unlike Loxon, which will completely swing matches around in your favor from a losing position to a winning position because of the life gain, the Bottle Gnomes didn't do it. They, didn't, they never cut it. And I, in the end, I think because I made that bad choice in my sideboard by having Bottle Gnomes, that's really the, the end result besides the mana problems. That's what lost me game two of that match in the finals. I lost that match solely because of how bad Bottle Gnomes was against red-green aggro with lots of burn. It just, they didn't cut it. They just always underperformed. And since that, since that point, I've, I've kind of figured it out that I wanted Warhammers before the event. And I think Warhammers are absolutely a must-have in, in either the sideboard or the main deck. They don't necessarily have to be main deck. But you do want them at, available to you at all times. Because you need the trample, you need to be able to gain life in the, against other mid-range decks, and they turn any creature into a game-breaking threat against a control deck over time. And sometimes having trampling apocrysites that are seven fours are just downright nasty to deal with. That's why I kind of like. That's why I think uh, lots of times are absolutely necessary, but at the same time, it's also why bottle gnomes themselves just were underperforming. They just didn't do enough. But tendrils, however, does get the job done when it needs to. It's also a nice surprise factor, and nobody, everyone assumes that if you're going to play the Org boards, you're just probably playing it to help balance out your land, and they aren't going to sit there, and, even the green-black deck aren't going to sit there and kill it, because they want to have the balance even the, the black and all the, in black on all their lands as well, and that makes the tendrils even more devastating, because people will hold back their Org boards against you, not realizing that, that you, that's the only reason you had Org boards to begin with, is is tendrils, really, and not so much the, the color-fixing issue. They'll assume the color-fixing doesn't make a difference, they're, they're, but they don't realize that the tendrils is what you really are going to beat them because. So, yeah, other than that, then I go back to, like, well, I like three fairy conclaves instead of four because I don't want to draw them that often. I'm also not running Cloudscapes for the same reason. Um, I just need a little bit more black mana base instead of blue mana base. That's why they're words. That's why I have three islands that are snow-covered and three swamps that are snow-covered. That's why I got a four-pack of rivers and uh, underground rivers and river tears. Now, the splash permission. There's been times where Vencers is, is in the tempo and slash with the splash permission for Vencer wins games. I, I'm not afraid to cast a second one 
if I already had one in play, don't make that kind of stupid. That you know, if it's strategically the right thing to do, do it. Don't hesitate about doing it. Yes, you'll lose both creatures because they're legendary, but at the same time, it's better that you had an advantage like that way instead of just outright losing. Uh, for that reason, some people are now experimenting with Rune Stag's main deck. I like to keep them in the sideboard for splash permission. I bring them in against Dragonstorm and or against like blue black fairies where I have I absolutely must um, get a damnation to resolve or maybe I'll bring them in against the teachings deck because it's sometimes cute to be able to stop damnation from hitting the board. But primarily it's there for blue black fairies, pickles and Dragonstorm. Basically one rune snag rightly timed against the Dragonstorm deck could actually could just completely cripple it or make it impossible for them to win because you just took out their mana generation or you countered a Hellkite that they used that they intended to block with and sweep your board with. If you do just one spell like that, one big spell, it's usually more than enough to, to turn and win you the game. Unlike last year where Dragonstorm was, if it ever went off, it was completely unstoppable. It was ridiculous in how fast it was. It was, a, it was fundamentally a turn and a half faster than any aggro deck could be with a good draw. And that was... And that is, in the end, a, a downright problem that makes people want to quit playing Magic is when they have to deal with, with combo decks that are that quickly. Now, if we go to the official thread for MCG Salvation, people like SR Dude and Damage on Stack, they, they generally know what they're talking about, and I gotta agree with a lot of what their comments are. Uh, though it was pointed out that I was a bit too happy to accept uh, the fact that Flores mentioned me in his article again recently. It's actually the third time he's mentioned me in his articles on magictogether.com and I don't know how many hundred, how many dozens of times he's mentioned me in his Top 8 Magic podcast. But uh, but yeah, there's, there's just so many variety of opinions. Like, people are claiming that the Epochs are like the weirdest creature in this set, in the, in the deck. Other people are claiming that they're like one of the most essential creatures to keep in this deck. Uh... And based on various metagames and things you'd have to look for, people are talking about what does Mindstone really do, and the fact that Mindstones actually help the control match, but they've decreased your effectiveness in the aggro matchup, though it seems like it should be the other way around, because it's helping ramping your mana. Um, people are arguing the number of offensers two, between two and three. I'm, I'm convinced it's three now instead of two. I, I don't care about the fact that they're in Legendary. Sure, you might, one out of like nine games, they will come up with two of them one in play and one in hand and a reason to want to use the other one in hand. It comes out to like one out of nine games, but it's not really enough to make you not want to use it. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's people still going back with whether or not Necrotal is worthy of an inclusion into this deck as, a, as either a cyborg card or a main deck card as a two of. It does do a lot of good things, especially when you have um, lots of times giving it and making a five five one first striker. But in the end I think four I think four damnations is a must have, so therefore I'm not worried as much about but Necrotol being in the main deck. I don't think it's awesome though, too, that Flores mentioned me and his his year end of year article as being one of the most influential influential decks of the year. I think that's awesome. The uh deck being the most influential deck of the year and mentioning specifically my version of it. People are still still not convinced. I mean, they're, they're, like, people are still arguing whether or not 25, 26 lands. I think it's 25 at this point. I like one factory. I like having four Reigns of Tears. I like having three Urza's, Urborgs. I like having four Underground Rivers and three Cherry Conclaves and four Mouth of Ronins. I'm pretty much not going to change the, man, the mana base at all at this point. It's not worth it trying to drop the colorless mana in order to, to make Cryptic Command work. That's one of the big problems with Cryptic Command is it requires so much blue 
that the deck doesn't give up early game or mid game that you have to sacrifice something in order to get it to produce that make it produce that much blue mana. And I don't think that's worth the trouble for, for what it offers. Now Trainswalker thinks that damnation's excessive. He's he's of the opinion that you don't need four he questions the point of Dune Rider Outlaw tendrils. Well tendrils is pretty obvious is that once you can hit it the life swing and that kind of shot is really good. And the point of the Dune Rider Outlaws is that the red I mean the the black green elves were so popular, or the Black Green Rock is so popular online, that in the end I decided I wanted something better to deal with Dorian and Tarmogoyf that wasn't as easy to deal with previously by their decks. And I came to the conclusion that if I used a pro-green creature that got bigger, especially with Warhammer, that it became a whole lot harder for them to actually beat me in any given game. And in the end, I think that the... The end result, I'm kind of liking how the end result played out, but because I posted that on the MTG Salvation Forum, people are questioning the, the idiocy of my sideboarding strategy, when in reality it's, it's been an absolute house for me on Magic Online because there's so much black-green in the format there, and I kind of like to have them against Dragonstorm instead of, say, um... Because they're cheaper, I, I've been swapping out the Iron Foots for them against Dragonstorm as well. That way I have something I can drop early and back it up with my Splash Permission and keep it keep it both alive or just to give me a clock that's a little bit faster and a little cheaper to deal with um, and easier so I don't get comboed out while trying to drop my threats. I actually have a threat in play actually doing damage at that point. So I guess I have to respond to them on that on that facet. But that's the reason why I've been using the Outrider, because of the Pro Green versus Doran, the Pro Green versus Tarmogoyf, the fact that he grows as time goes on and is ridiculous with Warhammer against those decks, which is really one of those mid-range decks where you want Warhammer in there in order to swing the games around because of his Pro Green status. So, so at this point, I need to do some editing um, and uh, put this all together into something coherent, because I got stopped like six times with distractions while trying to record this so it's probably not the most coherent trade on slot start to finish right now. So um I need to go pick up my daughter. It's a it's like twelve thirty at night. Uh, apparently my ex wife is on her way to the hospital because of complications again. So I'm gonna call this a night. This is Otwell.